gosh, episode five. Can you believe? Anyway, welcome back. It's Educate Ebony. I'm Ebony. And I have a lengthy chat for you guys up this week. It's going to be great. But as usual, let's backtrack to the previous episode where I spoke to Dylan Gillies Parsons from Gravemind. And he said to listen to Iowa by Slipknot. So I did. Uh, And it was a hefty album. Dylan also said to listen to it at a time when you're feeling overwhelmed or, you know, in a brain fog. And where was that most likely going to happen? At work. So the day that I actually put on Iowa turned out to be the day that I decided to quit my toxic day job. Yeah, shit was going down at work and I was mentally just not on the ball. So I was just like, give me the slipknot. And this album did things for me. I think I just needed the angry lyrics and songs like People Equal Shit and Everything Ends just really calm me down. You know how metal can do that. So I'm looking at the notes I just jotted down as well and... I wrote for 515 that I just didn't get it. There's so much breathing. And then listening to that episode again, I realized that Dylan said it's the DJ Sid when he got the news that his grandfather had passed away. And wow, that changes that song. If you don't know that, that little um, tidbit of info, it just sounds like a weird as intro. But knowing that, wow, it's very heavy, very depressing um, and an interesting way to start the actual album. But yeah, I also liked how the song called Gently was not so gentle. It's a good one. Did you listen to Iowa? I hope so. But hey, let's get to it. And for this episode, I'd love to introduce JT Cavey and Jesse Cash. They are two-fifths of the incredible prog metal band Era, are masters of the breakdown, and at least one of them is controversial and likes pineapple on pizza. What? That's right. <laughs> I did my research. It's How you, is isn't it? controversial? That's just truth. No way, JT. <laughs> that is very different. I- I will die on this hill. <laughs> I also, I will also die on that hill. I, I also like that. Both of you guys, you gotta get rid. Okay, when you do the when you do the grilling with the skewer and the meat, do you do fruit and vegetables or just vegetables? Oh, I mean, zucchini. See? I want to say, That's I want to say, same thing. I that is the same it. thing. But that yeah, really, it's the same thing. That depends if you're classing like a uh, tomato as a fruit or a vegetable because definitely I chuck that on there. Oh yeah. I mean I like I like cooked tomatoes. That's okay, that's good. the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I that's just, the same category. I just called zucchini a fruit but nobody nobody heard me. Oh uh, <laughs> is no it's still a vegetable. Yeah that might be one that tricks you. I think it's a vegetable. I think I'm yeah. just raw. It's all good. Anyway. <laughs> what, what else you got? What, what else did you dig up? That was, that, was, that was the intro. I just wanted to, you know, have a little bit of... Oh, just roast me off the bat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Educate Ebony. <laughs> no, but really, I'm stoked to have both of you. Welcome. Good to be here. We fucked up your whole intro. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good time. Well, tell me about the albums you've picked, like the one metal album that you think I need to hear and the listeners. Can I guess which one of Jesse picked? Uh, I know which one you're going to guess. Go ahead. Fall of Ideals. That's definitely written down, yeah. The, I mean, it, it's not like, it's not my favorite metal record per se, but um, as far as like... It's just a def- staple. Yeah. Yeah, just like the definitive metalcore record of that era for me is all that remains, the Fall of Ideals. It's just so crisp. The recording quality is amazing and all the chorus hooks and guitar solos are really tasteful. Mm-hmm. Okay, so is that one album for both of you? Oh no, I mean, I mean, unfortunately, it would be impossible for me to like. It not impossible. It would be really hard to like narrow it down to one. 
Because, I mean, here's the thing. Like, that time period for us, like, in our youth and early metalcore is so defining for how you feel about music for, like, years to come and what influences yeah. you. And, I mean, also, I've gone back to records that I thought were my favorite. I'm just like, I'm not really into this anymore. Yeah. Do you reckon? Um, yeah. But this and one vice, stands and up? And vice versa. And vice versa. That one stands up really well. I figured we would just go through a list of a couple of records to just hold the test of time for us when it comes to metal. That's not what this is. Um, <laughs> it's too hard to narrow down the one. <laughs> this is the one, the one metal album. That's why it's so good. <laughs> I mean, I could, I can spend a decent amount of time on one. I can help you out a little bit here because what you just I have said, one in mind. I, I, I totally agree with what you said because that's why I was like, as far as the definitive record that I think like lended the main influence to the way our band sounds um, would be Misery Signals controller. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> that's mine. <laughs> that's yours? Yeah, that's mine. <laughs> so, so the point that you made, like I... Um, that is one yeah. that has not changed. Yeah, it, like it still sounds amazing and stuff, but I really don't know how like a modern, like melodic metal listener would react to it because mm-hmm. there have been so many bands influenced by that band that have taken what they did and expanded upon it. Like that's what you know we tried to do so i don't know if it sounds like dated to like some newer younger modern fans or not so but trying to set my bias aside and listen to it with you know familiar ears it still sounds pretty damn good to me like i said the the composition is pretty impressive and yeah did you have another one on your list as well or we reckon it's mainly controller by misery signals was that your one, JT? Yeah, that's my that's my so I guess yours unwavering one. <laughs> uh, it's not even. It's hard to say. It's even my favorite. I I feel like what Controller does well is it's not only like good metalcore songs, but there's like creative choices that are so good for that time period of me learning about metalcore that no other bands were doing. I think that's why it's held so highly in in my regard. There's other records, I think, like maybe from like a technical standpoint are like worse (laughs) (laughs) or sound worse, but I like it more. But as far as like uh, from a musical appreciation and a musician's appreciation, something about that that record that will never change. Yeah, it's it's hard to overstate how like crucial that band was to like so many like modern melodic metal bands. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like knowing that definitely paints our impression of the record, which you can't really just bestow that upon someone who's hearing Misery Signals for the first time in 2021. But like th- that first record of Malice and the Magnum Heart, which I actually am not a fan of, which is blasphemy to most Misery Signals fans. I, I, I absolutely agree with you. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're the outliers there. But, yeah. But, um, but that record like influenced so many people. Like it's it's like the reason why. I mean, just that band in general. It's like bands like Counterparts, bands like Era. I think we all started because we were just like trying to rip that band off. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> but 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 yeah, like, like you could just go down the list and be like, that band is because of Misery Signal. Like for the Fallen Dreams, that was another one back in the day. It's like. This band, that band, this band, that band. Like when you just hear like the dissonant, melodic, dissonant sort of uh, notes and stuff, it's just like that's that's so misery signals and it's everywhere. It's all over music even now. It's just I think the reason why that band doesn't get talked about as much as a band like Mashuga, who influenced mm-hmm. a lot of modern metal, is that like Mashuga's still around and they never really stopped. They've always been like a pro band, killing it, continuing to play mm-hmm. records. And Misery Signals was a band that 
never really seen like I don't know if they just didn't take off because they didn't catch on with people or if maybe the guys in the band were just never fully motivated to keep it going. I don't and know. They like, also went through a up. lot. They yeah. did go through a lot. That's true. Yeah. Um, like there was a, a death in the band. Oh, jeez. Uh, is that true? Or was it just a friend? I, I think, I think it was a friend, guy. actually. I think it was one of their crewmates. Yeah. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, a death in their circle. It's still, it's still big. Yeah, yeah, I know it painted a lot of the lyrical content of that first record. Yeah, but but I think that's why like a lot of people are like, "Who is Misery Signals?" Because they just, uh, they, mm. I mean, I don't know, they, they they didn't seem super like present there for very long. It seems like I don't know. I yeah, the wrong impression because I'm younger. Like they're probably like ten years older than me. So maybe I just came in so late that I got the wrong impression. Have you ever heard the term "bands band," Ebony, or like musicians band? No. What does that mean? Yeah, that's that's. I, I feel like it's, it's a band's band is what we call like. Sometimes we get classified as that because of uh, our. It's the technicality that goes into the writing sometimes, and sometimes when you hear a song, it's like hard to think like I like this song, but it's like hard to follow because it's very. There's a lot of like brainy things happening, right? And uh, I feel like we can be a very brainy band sometimes. I feel like. Very riff heavy, very very time signature heavy bands can be a little brainy, and I I know Misery Signals was kind of brainy in in some regards. So that might have been a reason why uh, they didn't get it like huge mainstream appeal, like you said, right, Jesse. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something they did so well is that, and then uh, I, another band that I that I wrote down that does this as well, Tesseract and Misery Signals, and like a band like Tool mm. and a band mm-hmm. like Sugar, like those bands all do like really crazy innovative stuff with time signatures but they do it in a way where like you can still always like groove to it and it so you can still groove but you're also kind of obsessed with figuring out what they're doing so a lot of the joy of listening to it is you kind of just go to this other place in your head because you're just like you're like learning (laughs) yeah yeah. when i'm listening to tool or tesseract it's like i'm trying to crack a code but it's not exhausting like you know what i mean like there are some bands I won't name because it seems mean, but like, like, like there are some bands where it can be kind of exhausting to figure out like where the groove is. Like maybe we're maybe we're that kind of band. Sometimes, <laughs> oh, but, like, no. <laughs> but, but the bands that I just named, like they always, even when it's like a really crazy part, it's just like so tastefully done in a way to where you're just you're trying to like crack this code, and it's and then by the time like you kind of snap out of it, I don't know. You, I like it, that analogy. It fully immerses you like with the the time signatures and it's just the it's a good uh, time it's really satisfying definitely <laughs> and when you crack it and when you crack it you're like yeah you're stoked. <laughs> yeah oh that was oh that was really neat what i just heard you know yeah well it sounds like we've agreed on two albums we have the fall of ideals by all that remains and controlled by misery signals when did you guys first hear these albums fall deals was 06 and then controller was 07 yeah uh, Something, something like that. Um, it's a fair, fair time and ago. Sonically, they're both metalcore albums, but what the weird thing is, like, you have, I feel like all of that remains is in the category of Asley Dying, Trivium, um, Darkest Hour, Miss May I just came out around that time, ABR. Those are like all the classic, I guess, less brainy metalcore bands. Um, very focused on song structure, good choruses, lots of really fun breakdowns and riffs. And then you have the more like melodic side, which has 
Misery Signals. Um, I don't know if you remember It Prevails. Uh, Old Hundredth. I would say that It Prevails and Hundredth are two bands influenced by Misery Signals, but yeah, but but still, like that sound was like that's like the other side of that melodic metalcore. Yeah, like a lot of people that listen to, to All That Remains and Bullet from a Valentine may not have even heard of Misery Signals. You know? Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Um, Especially yeah. if it was during when it came out, like 07, before like the traction of those bands grew over the years. Yeah, I, I heard both of those records around the time that they came out. Maybe Same. Like a year after they came out. I, I literally have a mirrors uh, tattoo of Misery Singles. So really? <laughs> I know a fair amount. Yeah. It says face yourself right there. Nice. Somewhere. I'm just taking my shirt off at this point. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, big, big influence. Yeah. Yeah, the other remains that that record was like huge when it came out. Like there was a there was a song that was in Saw Two, and you know at that time. Saw, oh, Guitar Hero Saw movies were fucking massive. Yeah. Yes, that was that was how I, I about that about about the band is that the very I think it was Guitar six. Hero One had it was yeah. the song Six. I don't yeah, remember like, which one it was. The song yeah, that's how I heard about it. It was the song Six, and uh, it was so sick and it was like one of the most fun songs to play off, like on guitar hero because it was like definitely one of the techier songs did you play like rock band or guitar hero not really i mean like a little bit i didn't have it yeah just, you know just go to a mate's house and plug it in it wasn't any good but i tried my best you know jesse i had like the drum kit and the double bass pedals and everything oh my god <laughs> like i was that kid <laughs> I had yes. two guitars. I loved Guitar Hero. Look at you now. <laughs> it's not the same. Yeah. It is not. There is not a carryover. <laughs> no. What would happen is I would, I would play, if I was playing on medium, there would be notes happening that it's not telling you to hit, but instinctively my right hand would want to hit all the notes, but I'm hitting too right. many notes because it's telling me to hit less. So then I would like ramp it up to the hardest difficulty and then I, I couldn't do that either. And then and there's this crazy like difficulty spike with like 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 on Guitar Hero, most of the songs are not that technical. Like right. yeah. musically speaking, they're pretty simple songs. But then you have these songs like on the games where they just do this crazy jump in technicality. Like all the remains was one of them. Mm-hmm. And then like the fucking Dragon Force song, which is the crazy. <laughs> oh yeah. So it's like you're playing like Smoke on the Water and like fucking David Bowie, like Ziggy Stardust, and then it's Mississippi like, Queen. Dragon Force. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like insanely just the biggest step up. But um. And that was when you guys were like, we're gonna start our own band, write our own songs, get on Guitar Hero. We're gonna add our own buttons. <laughs> we're gonna play all the notes. <laughs> that's right <laughs> is that when it became like an important album just being like oh my god this band is amazing what's going on with these guys i think it might have been coincidental i mean that was definitely a source of how we found it but i think i think they're i think that album would have blown up regardless i mean it did well um, I, I mean i think it me, helped a lot being me, on guitar I mean, hero yeah so in 2007 i was like 14 maybe 15 might have been the next year but but uh yeah, I, I played Guitar Hero. I heard the song Seven. I was like, the song's so sick. And that was definitely the style of music I was into at the time. So, yeah, I probably probably that week or shortly after, I went to an FYE uh, music store and bought the CD physically because of Guitar Hero. So, so, so yeah, that, that game is what led me to pick up the record. And it's like, you know, being a 14-year-old, every 14-year-old is obsessed with Saw, like gory horror movies. So, like, <laughs> hearing, 
hearing this calling in Saw 2, same thing. I was like, this is sick. And it just felt like that band was everywhere because they were on guitar here on Saw. So like, so yeah, at that time that did lead me to discovering the band. I, I feel like that's how so many people discovered Dragon Force too. It seems like Guitar Hero was huge at that time for giving songs exposure. Yeah, whoever was like putting those together, be like this song, this song, this song. They did a great job. Props to them for sure. I wonder if there is an influence from the fact that around that same time, television was like maybe a max of 80 channels if you had bonus packages with your service. And one of the bonus channels was Fuse TV. And yeah. MTV also had like a late night rendition of more obscure stuff that Headbangers they would ball. Yeah, Headbangers Ball. And bands like that, that we saw a hot topic in FYE were on television. So, yeah. you know, to a teenager, especially yeah. a budding musician like Jesse was, that's huge. <laughs> He's like, I can be on TV, you know? Yeah, and it was I, the bands I, I, like it was bands like All That Remains and The Used and, um, I mean, all metalcore blade record bands stuff like that. Yeah, it might be it might be hard to imagine like a current teenager like discovering music the way we discover music on TV because mm-hmm. I don't know who the fuck watches like. But um, YouTube is everything. But 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 yeah, I mean, I, like I discovered seriously everything from watching Fuse after school, everything. Like anything we talk about from that era that influenced us being in a band, it's like just watching Fuse, like like those like Victory Records, like sampler yep. commercials that would come on. Like they, uh, that's how I heard Circus Revive and Silverstein, the use just like they would show yeah. these little clips of like the chorus and like tell you to go buy the record at FYE. And then I would hear the chorus and like, that's cool. And I would just go find the band. Darkest Hours, how I heard Dark, Darkest Hour that way. And Within the Ruins, I saw on Headbangers Ball, Misery Signals. First time I heard Misery Signals was Headbangers Ball on MTV. Really? Nice. Yeah. I forget where the first time I heard them. And I've never heard them at all. So. <laughs> you what? I've never heard them at all. Oh, I've heard of them, but I haven't listened to the album Oof. start to finish. We got to do list now. <laughs> yeah, you've given me a lot of homework. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Misery Signals, like the way that I always describe them, like, like it makes me happy when people describe us this way because like the inspiration our band took to sound quote unquote pretty came from Misery Signals. It, it, it's like a metal band, but it, it, it sounds pretty. That's the best way to put it. It's not just, it's not just that it's melodic because I mean, all that remains is melodic. Kill Switch Engage is melodic, but like it's pretty. It sounds like very tranquil despite being like aggressive music. Tranquil. Um, and and I, I just can't think of another band that was doing that as early as them. I mean, plenty of bands being melodic, but like their shit just sounded, it, it's like, it's like they would like write stuff that sounded like it should be played on an acoustic guitar, but they're mm-hmm. fucking screaming on top of it. It's really interesting. If you can convey like emotions and something different from just like making loud noises with your mouth over top of guitar riffs that are inherently heavy, it's something so different and so refreshing. Like I, I still try to do that as much as I can. If you can like translate to the listener like a type of emotion, even if you're just yelling, I think that's a very tough accomplishment. And they did that like constantly. Oh, you know what else they did? You know what else they did that they probably did for, I mean, I don't know, everyone's done something first before someone else. But first band I know of that did it is the whole talking whisper thing over like kind of a chill down part where they're like, you were there for me oh, <laughs> like were they the first band to do that 
they were the first band I heard that did it. And every time that we did it in era in those beginning days, we were doing it because they did it. And I know August Burns Red did it a lot. Yeah, they did. Okay. But I feel like they heard they from me. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't think I'm that every modern band with melody just ripped off Misery Signals in 08. I'm convinced, including myself. They said like a brief poem and then go into a, a breakdown, yeah. basically. <laughs> they like talk a poem and then they go into a breakdown. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. That's beautiful. That's real metal. Yeah. Man, it I was swear I'll give the whole thing up for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, so, they did do that. Cool. It, like, like a, I, I don't know. It, what, do you have a record, Ebony? What record should we have we not heard that you think we should Oh, <laughs> oh my God. What, metal record? Oh, yeah. I mean, what do you listen to? You listen yeah, to yeah, I like metalcore. <laughs> I like prog. Uh, have you heard of Carnival? Oh, we love Carnival. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, rock good. <laughs> that that <laughs> my whole list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> they just did a, like a live stream uh, last week, so I'm still still really into it. It was, yeah, amazing. Literally yeah, every Australian Carnival. band we've toured with loves Carnival. <laughs> yeah, they're like our, our just our, the dads of prog. That's fine with in us. In a really good way. Yeah. Beautiful. Otherwise, metalcore can't go past with a shout out for Polaris. Nice. Heard of those guys? Love yeah. them. Uh, man, I want to change my answers now. I want to talk about something more modern. <laughs> oh no, no! These albums mean a lot to you, and that means that I should listen to them. So that's the goal here. Seven, Seven Dust they would have do? creeped on this list for me, for what sure. Do you reckon? One of a se- one Seven Dust record, yeah. Yeah, these records do mean a lot to us, but at the same time, like you know, over ten years have passed. It's like yeah. I, I haven't you, you like regularly listened to that style on a consistent basis in you know a decade. I would also bet to say that yeah. you were probably more influenced by non-metal records more. Hundred percent. Yeah. I, I know that's not really the, the theme of the. Well, that's the. Show. I think that's. I think that's the interesting part of how how that works though. Like, just because we play like a progressive metalcore, we're actually heavily influenced by tons of non-metal stuff. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the right. Deftones, Diamond Eyes, and Corno Yokana record. Oh, the, the, those yeah. are two records. That, I mean, it's pretty like they're for sure influenced by metal bands. Uh, I play they play eight string guitars. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as far as like, I, I would guess we call them a rock band. Like Deftones is like such a massive influence on our band. Like you can absolutely find find mm-hmm. that sprinkled throughout our music. It's not in as direct of a way because they're a rock band influencing a metal band so like ultimately our sound i feel like is going to emulate more of the metal side of things but as far as just like the general culture of the kind of stuff we're into and what we're influenced by a band like deftones is probably more the forefront of the way the conversation goes and as far as like a modern record i have to point out sleep token that's a record i want everyone to hear Mm. oh yes i've listened to a little bit i have to admit yep sleep token is i'm aware like I, I really like the direction the North Lane's going, especially with Clockworks. I love that song. I've beat that song to death. Yeah, North Lane is always doing cool stuff. They're taking this like industrial influence lately. It's really interesting. A lot of EDM aspects to it, which is like, it's like um, almost under the radar, but it's totally there. Definitely. There's just so many cool things going on, especially in the Australian market. I'm glad you mentioned some Australian bands. Yeah, you guys are always yeah. killing it. <laughs> It's unreal. I used to listen to a band called Confession a lot from Australia. That was like 2007 as well. They sound like a discount. <laughs> <Parkway Drive. laughs> 
<laughs> it's like the same vein. It's the same exact vein. I mean, they. I hope. I hope if any of them ever hear this, <laughs> they know exactly what I mean. But it's totally fine. I can say the same shit about stuff I've done too. It's fine. Oh, um, you're good. You're, you're shouting. You're shouting them out. It's something you're into. I uh, no, I love them. Um, but yeah, they were they were really good uh, around that time. You were in a man. discount August Burns Red, so it's yeah. I mean, <laughs> totally. Text in July was absolutely Dollar Tree ABR. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's actually the joke I was going to make. So I'm glad you made it. <laughs> well, let's go back to um, the albums, Full of Ideals, and um, Controller. Is there an aspect of each album that you really love that you reckon that others sort of overlook or maybe like regular people who aren't really cool musicians don't hear? I mean, Controller has tons of variety. Like Ebb and Flow is literally like a ballad. There's like no distortion for like quite a while into that track. They translated it into an acoustic version that ended up being super pretty. I would argue that it's still, if you go back and listen to it, it's still a pretty aggressive song instrumentally. But yeah. But yeah, like like vocally, it does kind of carry sort of a one of the few songs I've seen. I mean, the whole the whole record just feels chill. And, and Controller is two thousand eight, by the way. I was wrong. Yeah, like like his his vocals are so low and so aggressive, but like it always feels chill. I don't know. It's like it's not like it's really like violently aggressive, like in parts. But I don't know. You can just kind of like. I don't know. It was the first like metal band I could listen to and relax, like back then, you know. Because at that time I would get all pumped up listening to metal, but that <laughs> band just like mellowed me out. But I think the thing that they do best that people could appreciate that haven't heard them is just like when you really listen to the little details and the nuance of everything. Like something they do a lot is like they have two guitar players, and the two guitar players are quite often, maybe like most of the time, playing two different parts. But a lot yeah. of times they'll be like pretty similar parts that don't necessarily belong together, but it just sounds correct. Like um, the verse in the song Labyrinthian. It's that is brainy like, stuff. Is it <laughs> yeah, like JT said, it's definitely a musician's kind of band. It's a band's band because you can just appreciate what they're doing. So that's kind of some stuff that you may not totally pick up on if you don't play music, but like they're doing things they're mixing things together that like reasonably should be mixed together and it just fucking works. Like, like and, that, and that's just like, that's just some shit you can't teach. They're just like tuned in to this chemistry together. Every individual player is like so amazing, like really interesting drum parts and stuff. As far as like, if you're not a musician, yeah, just the general vibe of it. Like I said, like just like the prettiness of it. Good amount of groove to some songs. Yeah, they'll go into like a clean section and they'll just stay there. They'll like, they'll just stay in that mode for like two minutes. And like, by the time the song's over, you just kind of gotten lost in it. And you forgot you're listening to a metal band. Cause there's just this two minute, just like very soft little guitar part and like fucking xylophone and shit. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like real, like just chill kind of groove. I don't know. It's just like, it's like a floating sort of feeling for sections of it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I know another thing that I think it makes it accessible to modern listeners is just how goddamn good the mix of that record is i was just gonna say something about Devin. damn it so fucking good. i mean same thing with all the remains like that all the remains record that major singles record like adam I, d i, I, I was, think did that record uh all that remains that. i think you can check the credits or something but i don't know see. but um that one it just uh 
I don't know. I was not one of those kids who like listened to music and, and like was into. Yeah. It was Adam D. Nice. I another I was on another records that sounded bad. Like there's like a, definitely a culture of people who like really enjoy the records that are mixed bad. I, I like when records are mixed and they're like real and organic and it's more about the feeling and stuff. I think that's why people are attracted to quote unquote bad sounding records, but being like a little perfectionist kid and a little like, you know, music elitist asswipe who was good at guitar. I just like <laughs> needed to hear really solid like <laughs> recorded records like, like i was drawn to like these immaculate sounding mixes and both the records we're talking about sound damn mm-hmm. perfect you can hear every single layer the singing vocals and that other mains record are so fucking well mixed it's insane like the song whispers the chorus sounds like phil collins like i always think about phil collins every time i hear it <laughs> it's just like so just like soaring vocals and clean it's just man it's tight Oh, that sounds so good. I was just going to say for your context, Adam D, I think it's Dunkowitz is his last name. Guitar player from Killswitch Gage. He also produced, or he, I know I at least produced, I don't know if he engineered, uh, both the first two Parkway records as well. Oh, yeah. He did a yeah. lot of, he did a lot yeah. of shit back then. So he did Kill Me With Smile and uh, Horizons. He did the Find the Great Line. Or he not just produced Did that. he really? The, the, there was a minute there where I think he was getting mistaken for engineering like he's definitely engineered mixed up, but I think there was a minute there where he was doing just strictly producing, which gets mm-hmm. mixed up. Like like a lot of the As I Dying records, like he was sitting in and helping them get their songs nice and clean and tidy, but he mm-hmm. wasn't actually mixing it. I, I, I think. But uh anyways, sorry. What next? What do we got? Yeah. Yeah, which is that was just this interesting uh, side note, given you're from Australia and so are they. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. And this has sort of become one of my favorite questions now. Um, and because I have two albums to listen to, what are your listening notes? Do I need to sit in the dark with my headphones on or go to the gym? How do I listen to these albums? No, that's the thing. It is like, is like I, I don't think these records are good for that. I, I can't implant my like modern taste and sensibilities as it pertains to the music I listen to to these two records. These are these are just records that like influence where we are now. They're very much staples in our past and not our present so like, <laughs> that's a good point to be that honest I, I, I just want to tell you to listen to other records <laughs> like like, <laughs> like, sleep, like sleep token and uh like, and you've already heard deftones but um i mean fall of ideals is a great gym album it's okay. very fast paced yeah see i wouldn't even say that because if i'm like working out i need to hear just like the slammiest most violent like really <laughs> i mean fair. last breath i support that you know well, I mean? like, last breath, just like absolutely yeah violence. there you go um, controller is more of a experience you know okay. controller would be a good one to like listen maybe to. a drive if you're, if you're in a metal mood and you just want to really get kind of lost in something yeah maybe controller but it might just fucking bore you to tears i don't know um, <laughs> i won't tell you my true thoughts if that's if that's real but okay. i'm sure i'll love it Good. Oh, well, anything anything uh, else to add on either of these two albums before we wrap it up? No. Mm, not really. We should pay our respects. <laughs> I still revisit both of these probably like once or twice a year. I just listened to Followed by Deals again just like three weeks ago. I was on a long drive and I was like, it's been a minute. Put it on and I was like, God, it's still so crispy. <laughs> like, yeah. Still good. Mm-hmm. Holds up in 2021. That's so good to hear. Like, if something stands the test of time, it's just super impressive. It's also nice to kind of go back to those records and see like why or what it was like 
now that we've written music and had it released and had even more music come out to that, it's like, what happened with us and that record combined that made such an influence? Why do I think it's so good? Is there anything I can take away from how I feel about these records and do that for our band as well? Yeah, I, I, I try to keep my nostalgia out of it, especially when we're mm-hmm. talking about records that we liked so long ago. Yeah. It's tough. I think I'm decently <laughs> okay at it, but yeah, like trying to f- trying to figure out the why, you know what I mean? Like, why is this so good to me? Yeah. Like, is it where I was just where I was at in my life? Was it like naivety or like, can I like actually go through and pinpoint? No, sick to pinpoint. Is this it. actually it's, good? It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> these, these two records are actually good. I, I yeah. Mean, but you know, so much has come out over the last decade or whatever. But yeah, I listened to Controller a few months ago and I was like, this shit is so fucking good. It's so good. There we go. There we have it. The one, oh, sorry, the two metal albums that JT and Jesse from ERA think that we should listen to is Fall of Ideals by All That Remains and Controller by Misery Signals. Guys, thank you so much. I really can't wait to listen to it after hearing all of this. It's going to be a great time, I reckon. Totally. I hope you like it. To everyone, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Also, do you guys have the same album that we're talking about or two different ones? I think... uh, Him and I have very different tastes, so it's probably going to be different. (laughs) It's it's probably going to be different, but I think there's one... That I think we'll agree on. I, I honestly didn't. Oh, I know which one you might say. Yeah. Have you guys I, talked I, about I this before? <laughs> well, no. We've just we've we've said a lot of the same things before, so I I, I pay I pay attention to what he says. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I actually couldn't pick one, <laughs> but um. I know at least one. I, I have different number ones for different reasons, and I'll try to narrow it down. I just wrote down things to remember. Okay, I'm excited to see where this is gonna go.